You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Belheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to dive right into things again as the Badgers are coming out of their bye week. Uh, with a, uh, they beat Iowa uh, two weekends ago in a come-from-behind uh, victory. Um, it was kind of an up-and-down game, but the Badgers were able to um, kind of uh, squeeze out a, uh, a, I believe it was a 28-17 win over the Hawkeyes, uh, really kind of giving them a, uh, a uh, control over the, uh, the Big Ten West at the moment, assuming that they can uh, take care of business against the rest of their divisional opponents. Uh, before we look at um, Wisconsin's upcoming game against Nebraska this coming weekend, John, I'm just curious as to uh, what did you take away from, from the Iowa game? I think we both uh, said that they would win, uh, but I guess I'm curious as to get uh, your take on uh, the whole, the whole uh, event from that night game. Yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing was – you know, being able to bounce back in a pretty tough environment on the on the road there. Um, you know, Iowa. You know, I don't think there's. It's going to be a team that uh, you know factors into the the playoffs or into the top teams and, and maybe in the Big Ten. But you know, to to bounce back from a tough loss in a non conference game against BYU and and to play you know pretty well, I would say on the road against Iowa in a pretty tough environment. I I think speaks to to this team and and to the to the focus that they have and you know that really the senior leadership on this team as well. So I think I was impressed with that, regardless of you know the talent level at, at Iowa. I think it was a, it was a big win for Wisconsin, which you know still has a lot to play for this season. Yeah, I think um, it was definitely an, an important thing to see the Badgers um, bounce back from that loss to BYU. I think um, in part because. There were a lot of things that uh, the the BYU game showed us that the Badgers were still, you know, struggling to fix or you know had some um, some issues to overcome and uh, to see, you know, obviously the uh, the defense had some of their issues. Uh, once again, they gave up um, some big plays that uh, either led to or or directly ended in Iowa getting uh, getting some points on the board. Uh, the, the Hawkeyes were able to kind of use their uh, two pretty talented tight ends to uh, to kind of uh, get the Badgers in on some big hits. Uh, but at the end of the game, uh, when it uh, you know really mattered the most, uh, the you know UW defense was able to come up with some stops. I mean, that was something that uh, they uh, they kind of needed to be able to do in the BYU game, and uh, you know not getting enough of those stops and, you know, preventing uh, those big plays really uh, was what kind of uh, held them back in that game. And so to see them kind of turn the corner a little bit in the fourth quarter and, uh, you know, get the ball back, uh, not just once, but twice for the offense to, uh, you know, try and drive down the field. I think I was, I was a little, a little encouraged from, uh, by that. I mean, there are still some uh, areas of concern for, for the defense. I think, I think in particular, I'm, I'm still, um, I think the jury is still out on, uh, you know, how the, the UW secondary is going to be able to hold up against some teams that are going to be able to throw the ball a little bit better. Um, 
but uh, seeing the defense being able to get the offense, even the chance to drive down the field, I think is a positive step forward and something that the the group is going to be able to build on. Yeah. And, you know, being able to, uh, to capitalize on, on the turnovers that Iowa had, um, obviously, you know, Wisconsin benefited, you know, very largely from the, the turnovers that Iowa had on special teams and, um, you, you know, you mentioned that drive with, with Hornerbrook at the end, you know, be able to capitalize when they needed to, um, you know, that's what, what good football teams do. Um, you know, you also talked about a few of the areas of concerns and obviously, uh, you know, that the secondary is with that group of young cornerbacks. Uh, you mentioned the chunk plays with, you know, Iowa's tight ends. I would imagine teams, you know, see that on film and, and think they, they can uh, kind of expose that area of Wisconsin's defense with uh, tight ends going up the middle of the field. Um, and then, you know, for me, it's, it's pass rush again, too. Um, I know Van Ginkle wasn't 100% there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you, you know, when those two things are, are working with each other. You know, I don't want to call the pass rush non-existent, but um, it certainly hasn't been there. And then that coupled with the young secondary is difficult um, to kind of put them out there for, for an extended, you know, period of time for each snap when the quarterback has a lot of time there. So, um, you know, getting Van Ginkle – um, especially with this bye week should help, but you know they they need more of a pass rush than just relying on him to get to the quarterback. And you know I'm not I'm not sure necessarily where that, that's going to come from. Yeah, I think um, one thing that some of the players talked about this week is you know in terms of searching for answers to try and get more of a pass rush. I think it was uh, T.J. Edwards said that he thinks part of the problem has been that the, the Badgers have not done as good of a job as they have in the past of. Um, limiting teams to short gains on uh, first and second downs just it, it gets to the point where teams this year um, are facing you know third and medium or third and short instead of third and long like they were last year and I think that uh, I think that's playing a bit of a factor just because the for one thing um, teams are able you know are able to attack those downs in more of a balanced fashion they can run or they can pass uh, whereas you know in a third and long you're pretty uh, you're pretty certain that your opponent's going to throw the ball and that obviously uh, you know kind of keys things up for a pass rush a little bit so I guess I'm curious to see if the UW defensive line which at least if you look at some of their uh, grades in, in pro football focus that have uh, been put out there I think the the defensive line definitely has some areas uh, where they can get better and if they can you know, really try and control the run a little bit better and, you know, get teams into, you know, uh, some gains of maybe one to two to three yards, you know, on first and second down. I think that will set up the UW pass rush a little bit better, you know, than they have so far this season. Yeah, you know, I would agree. And, you know, what a great weekend or opportunity against Nebraska to uh, to work on some things that you might need uh, correcting. And, you know, it sounds odd to say that, but, you know, this Nebraska team comes in 0-4, uh, you know, losses to Troy, losses to, you know, Purdue. Uh, they got blown out, you know, on the road against Michigan. It's just, it's it's an odd situation to, to think that a Nebraska team could be where it is right now. Um, you know, I, I, I still think Scott Frost is the right guy uh, for that program. But, you know, I don't, I guess maybe a lot of people didn't think that they that, that hit so low that they were, you know, essentially starting from scratch, it looks like. Yeah, I think um... – that's I think that's probably what's at play here is that the the depth just isn't there um, compared to you know what you normally expect a, a Nebraska team to be at and I'm curious as to if, if I remember correctly I'm trying to remember how long um, Mike Riley was uh, the head coach at Nebraska um, I think it was like it was must have been 
maybe two or three years. I want to say I want to say three years. I That's think, I'm gonna right. look this up real quick. He was yeah he was at Nebraska for three years. So basically, that's about you can give him credit for you know two and a half to you know I think three is probably on the high side. So you can probably say two and a half uh, recruiting classes for that. And so that, I mean like that's a good that's a good chunk of your program that was recruited, you know, by a, a coaching staff that not only has a different philosophy on a lot of different offensive and defensive things, but, you know, if you're, um, I, th I'm, I'm kind of reminded of, you know, the, uh, the Gary Anderson area, uh, at Wisconsin. I mean, the, the, the Badgers under Anderson recruited a lot of good players, but they had a lot of players that, you know, for one, for whatever reason, uh, did not fit the culture or, um, you know, just weren't, you know, the kind of players that the Badgers have had success recruiting in the past. And I wonder how much of that, you know, is affecting um, Nebraska's roster right now to the point where, you know, they're playing so many young players just because the, the, quality of talent just isn't where it needs to be to compete um, in the uh, in the Big Ten at, at, from a divisional standpoint, let alone um, in the conference. And so I guess, you know, maybe that's just something that, you know, people were able to, you know, put in the back of their minds when uh, getting caught up in, uh, you know, Scott Frost coming back to Nebraska. But I think, you know, it's, it's certainly obvious right now that uh, there's going to be a longer rebuilding process, you know, in, in Lincoln than I think people have thought right now. Yeah, and if you you know, I'm not an expert on their depth chart, but if you if you listen to some of the Nebraska guys talk, um, you know, they talk about, you know, there was a big kind of shift in the depth chart this week. And a lot of the guys noted that, you know, it's you know, Nebraska under Mike Riley had this uh this Calabraska recruiting uh, you know, momentum or movement. Right. I, don't, I don't know what you want to call it, but you know, a lot of those California guys, if you look, uh, they're a little bit further down the depth chart this week. So you know, it kind of reminds you of what Wisconsin was rebuilding this past year. But you know, guard said, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna struggle, if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose with our younger guys, and you know, guys yeah. that we want to, you know, a guy like Nathan Reavers, for example. So um, I think that's what's, what Frost is doing at this point, being 0 and 4. You know, if if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose with the guys that we want out there, the guys that we that we believe in. Uh, you know, factoring this program down the road. So um, you know, it's it's he's he certainly has time on his hand. I think, you know, Nebraska fans, they, they obviously want to win and they expect to win, but uh, you know, with the way the season is going, I think it's, it's a, it's a year for you to kind of figure things out. And if you're going to lose with, with, you know, this, this team, you want to lose with the guys that you think are going to be factors moving forward. Yeah. I think um, there's a lot of people out there who are tempted to, uh, at least in the last couple of years, I think um, some people have popularized the idea that when a, a new head coach takes over a program and, you know, it's somebody that's, you know, really, you know, kind of reach reshaping the culture or, you know, bringing in new offensive or defensive schemes that, that first year, I mean, technically it's the first year that they're there, but I think uh, people are starting to call it year zero. Like this is a, this is a year zero for Nebraska. Like they, you know, uh, there just aren't the players that that coaching staff has recruited on the, on the roster right now. And so they're just kind of doing the best with what they have. Um, and, you know, it's something with, you know, with the right coach and the right, schemes and uh, offensive you know uh, creativity I'm thinking of in Scott Frost's case I think you know, in, the, in the long run it's it will work out for them and they'll they'll become a bit you know a more competitive team in the Big Ten but it, it can definitely create um, some uh, some tougher 
uh, years and some lean years in those first couple months or so. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. That's not, that's not to say that there aren't, you know, talented players, you know, on, on Nebraska right now, or that, you know, the schemes are not creative or whatnot, but uh, it, there's just a lot of things going on with that program right now. And so I'm, I guess I'm just very curious to see, you know, how this Badger team, which, you know, I think people are uh, that watch the program, you know, are, a little frustrated just because the of uh, you know maybe not living up to some expectations that they had in the preseason thus far. But I'm curious to see if this is a week where the Badgers can kind of get some things back on track and maybe you know start to show a little bit of you know I, I'm thinking of of the offense in particular. I want to see if they can show some of that high ceiling that I think people expected out of them in the preseason. Yeah, and I was you know certainly guilty about that. I remember being on this podcast before the season started and and talking about how dynamic and prolific this offense you know could be, and you know had a chance to be. We you know we just haven't seen it. You know we we talked a lot about receivers and you know they've been good, but I don't think they've been great. And you know the offensive line I think has been good, but they haven't been great. And uh, you know I think the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. I, you know just just going back and rewatching that BYU game and. And even that Iowa game, you know, he's he hasn't broken off those huge chunk plays that you know he he did you know seemingly week in and week out last season. You know, obviously he's he's been productive. He's putting up you know pretty pretty good numbers. But um, you know, I I think maybe that changes against Nebraska where you see him you know break those runs. And he's been close on a few. Like I said, you know, going back and watching a few of those games, uh, you know, with BYU and Iowa, he's he's been close to breaking off a few, but. Uh, but he, they just haven't seen those huge ch- chunk plays from Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm curious to see if that changes this week against Nebraska. Yeah, I am too. And, and one thing that uh, he was saying this week during his uh, his offensive availability is that you know, kind of as he um, as he becomes a more experienced college football player, he's uh, learning better to you know kind of trust his trust his offensive line like trust the play call um you know follow his blockers that kind of thing whereas last year i think he um because he was a true freshman i, I don't want to say that he was um you know cutting it loose and you know just kind of doing his own thing out there but i think there were times where you know maybe uh, he was able to rip off a really successful play that and, and but in doing so he had you know gone out or gone through or um you know uh, not not done a, a correct fundamental or something like that, where you know he had enough talent to you know make a make a mistake or you know make a, a, an improper read or whatever the coaches coaches have wanted to do. But he's so talented that he was able to break a big play off you know just by taking a risk. And I think now he's he's a year older and is you know like he said he's kind of trusting the process. And so I'm wondering if you know that might be a part of the factor with him. I, I still think that. The big plays will come with him, but I think that's kind of the trade-off that sometimes you get with older players, where you know they you know really kind of become um, system guys and they know the playbook and they they know what they're supposed to do on on each play and they do that. And uh, sometimes that means that you're trading you know the uh, the sixty-yard gain for like an eight-yard gain, and you know so statistically it it, uh, it might be taking a toll there, but in the process he might be becoming a more well-rounded running back. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. Um, you know, thing to watch just to see how he does over the rest of the season. I think that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on during his uh, his next couple of games for sure. Yeah, so I think the question is, John, and you know, you've been around the team this week. Is is there a reason to worry about Nebraska coming to Wisconsin? You know, at night at Camp Randall, 
Um, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously this team, this team has had a tick up this year. So I guess I would tend to say no, but I'd, I'd be curious what your opinion is. Yeah, I, I, I got the sense from the players that the players are not um, overlooking this game. Like they know that uh, it's a, it's a rivalry. Like it, it's a newer rivalry. I mean, the the Cornhuskers have only been in the Big Ten since uh, I think it was 2011, uh, uh, somewhere in there, and. Uh, the the trophy that they're playing for is a, is a relatively new trophy, but I think the Badgers have a, a healthy respect for uh, Nebraska as a program, um, and you know they know that there are some talented players that they're going to be lining up against. And you know what uh, T.J. Edwards was saying earlier this week is that you know they they know that um, they can't expect to just go onto the field you know every week and you know just expect to win against some teams that are ranked uh, lower than them. And so I think. In that sense, as long as they keep that mindset, I think that I think that they'll be all right. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. I, I I think that having that hiccup, um, you know, really it really should have taught the uh, the players a lesson. If they if they have another hiccup, then you know, there's some other questions uh, that uh, that uh, need to be answered. But I think in having that game against BYU earlier this year, I think they the the players know you know, what they did wrong. And I think, uh, especially coming out of the bye week, you know, a lot of players said that they had a chance to kind of um, self-scout themselves and uh, see if there were other things that, uh, you know, maybe they didn't notice during um, the uh, the hectic game weeks that they could correct to try and uh, get uh, get some things back on track. But I'm, I'm expecting them to play well, you know, in part because it's a rivalry game, but also because, you know, they, they know that um, they can't afford to, you know, take anybody uh, for granted here, from here on out. Yeah, and you mentioned a bye week. It's you know, it's always nice to have a bye week. Yeah, you know, in in college football and the NFL, um, you know, with the injuries that do happen. But I think the bye week fell at a really good time. You know, we talked about Van Ginkle, and you know, they're trying to get him to a hundred percent. But you know, having you know that additional week to prepare for Nebraska, um, I don't. I just think that that you know, with the talent, you know, disparity between the two teams. Um, and you know Wisconsin having the additional week to prepare. I don't. I don't think they'll have too much trouble with Nebraska. I think Martinez, the quarterback, could present some uh, some problems for them. But you know, ultimately, I would expect Wisconsin to win pretty handily uh, on Saturday night. You know, I think uh, this team is kind of refocused again, and uh, I think they understand you know what what is still left at stake this season. And, and like you know, like we talked about for the last couple of minutes here, we you know Nebraska just it's. It's it's not their year, you know. I think they're going to struggle throughout this year, and um, you know, kind of latch on to whatever positive that they can. But I think Wisconsin wins pretty handily uh, on Saturday night. I would go somewhere, you know, you know, thirty-four to to thirteen, something like that. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I think this is a game where the Badgers, if they have a good um, have a good day on offense, I think they could get up to you know the uh, the maybe the low forties on like the high end of things, and so I think I'll say that they'll win um, probably about you know forty two to seventeen or twenty something in there. But uh, yeah, I'm certainly expecting them to play well. Um, so why don't we uh, kind of wrap up the wrap up the podcast and uh, do a little recruiting talk? Obviously, this is a a big uh, recruiting weekend for the Badgers having a, another uh, uh, home game at night. Uh, they're going to honor the, uh, the 1993 uh, big 10 champions and uh, the team that won the, uh, the 1994 Rose bowl that game. So John, why don't you break down what to expect from the, the Badgers as they you know, welcome a, a group of recruits onto campus for what should be a, a pretty cool uh, night game atmosphere. Yeah. You know, every year they, you know, Wisconsin, 
tries to tab, you know, one pretty big weekend or, you know, the weekend that they try to get the most official visitors up there. Um, you know, it, it's changed a bit with, you know, them trying to get guys on campus in the summer. And a lot of these commits have, uh, in this 2019 class have already taken their official visit. But, um, you know, a lot of those guys from, from talking to them expect to be, to be back on campus. Um, you know, you expect the in-state guys to be there. Um, they've been there for most of the home games. But uh, Graham Mertz uh, t- told me that he'll be there uh, for the Wisconsin game. Uh, Hayden Rucci will be there as well. Uh, Spencer Lytle is going to make the trip from California. You know, Joe Tipman will be there from, from Indiana. So, um, from you know, as far as guys that they have committed already, you'd expect most of that 2019 and, you know, the two guys that they have in that 2020 class – um, in, in terms of official visitors, uh, you look at Jared Casey. Uh, he's the big four-star linebacker from Kentucky. He's got Wisconsin in his final group along with Oregon, Louisville, and uh, Kentucky. Uh, he expects to make his decision uh, later on this month after he takes his official visit to Wisconsin. So it'll be interesting if they can pick up some ground with him because, you know, they offered pretty recently. Uh, but obviously the interest is high there uh, with him taking an official visit and having in Wisconsin in uh, – in his final group. Uh, the other guy to watch is Clay Cundiff, uh, tight end who's currently committed to Kansas. Uh, he'll come on in the official visit this weekend without an offer, but I would expect that to change. I would expect Wisconsin to offer and and, and be able to flip him uh, to add another tight end to this 2019 class along with along with Hayden Rucci. Um, and then, you know, basketball-wise, Tyler, Tyler Wall is going to take his official visit this weekend. Uh, he's obviously committed to Wisconsin in the 2019 class. And then, you know, we've been catching up with a handful of guys this week that we've been adding to our list in the, in the Badgers den. Um, like I said, it's going to be, you know, Wisconsin's probably biggest recruiting weekend. And um, there's going to be a lot of younger guys uh, in that 2020 class and beyond that they expect on campus. And, uh, you know, a lot of that information can be found uh, in, in our in our Badgers den on our message board right now. All right. And then uh, any uh, other big offers or anything like that that went out that uh, people should know about? Yeah, so earlier this week on Monday, I believe, uh, Wisconsin offered the the third quarterback that they've offered in that 2020 class. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke I got a chance to talk to uh, last night. We have a story up on him right now. Um, he's a kid that went to Wisconsin's camp this summer, impressed John Budmeyer and, and uh, Paul Christ. And he put, like I said, he picked up the offer on Monday. And you know, I had some really positive things to say about Wisconsin uh, right now, they're they're kind of in his top group. He said this top three. Um, so you know, you could find out when he plans to to make his decision if he plans to get to Madison. So he he's definitely someone you know with with quarterbacks they they tend to decide a little bit earlier. So uh, with him, he's certainly going to be someone to to keep a pretty close eye on this fall and into the winter. And you know, I would expect his recruitment maybe not to last much much into the spring. So uh, I've got a full story on him on the site right now. You should go ahead and read that. All right. Well, that'll pretty much do it for us here on uh, this week's edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to listen, and we will talk to you next week.